Thanks for joining us this week on the show to listen in on my conversation with Janine Noss, a grief and trauma relief specialist who has walked her own path to recovery and now helps others through one-on-one coaching, group programs, and a list of other resources, including a book series. If you're looking for action steps, if you're looking for ways to give yourself some grace on your own healing journey, this episode is for you. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoy what you hear here, be sure to share it with a friend. And I would love for you to take just a quick moment to rate and review on Apple or leave a comment if you're catching the video here on YouTube. Enjoy the show. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. To boost your positivity, to help you integrate your intentions into your subconscious. I have a special gift available for you. Visit happifiedlife.com and click on the Start Off Happy button to take a look at the phenomenal technology created by Positive Prime that uses neuroplasticity to literally wire your brain for more happiness, higher productivity, better relationships, and greater success. Head over to the happifiedlife.com page to start off happy with Positive Prime. Enjoy it free for 30 days. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you with us this week for a conversation that I know is going to be a powerful and probably enlightening one with my friend Janine Noss. Janine is a grief and trauma relief specialist, a certified life, spiritual and energetic coach, and also a certified calm, accepting, resilient and empathetic a care trauma practitioner. She is the author of the Creating Heaven Wherever I Am book series, which focuses on self-help topics, including overcoming trauma. In addition to offering one-on-one coaching and online group programs, Janine is the founder of the Breaking the Silence Summit, which covers a different trauma-related topic every year. Janine's personal experience with trauma has given rise to her ability to be empathetic and sensitive to her clients' needs while using a broad range of coaching tools and techniques to design a unique plan for each. Her blog posts have garnered nearly 1,000 followers, and she runs an active Facebook group called Bridge to Healing Community. She's featured as an expert in, the, in overcoming trauma in the number one international bestseller book, The One Thing Every Mom Needs to Know, and is joining me from today, slightly rainy, Chesapeake Beach, Maryland. <laughs> so happy to have you back with me, Janine. Thanks for joining me today. Well, well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Susie. I really appreciate it, and I'm happy to be here, so thank you. And I... I feel this is such an important conversation to have. Um, as as we were just chatting before we started recording today, the awareness of trauma is growing, and that's so important. But I think sometimes people have different perspectives on how it should affect them, why, how it shows up in their lives or in you know in their relationships with other people, and so. How, in your training and experience, um, do you see trauma having an effect on people's health and well-being? Mm, that's a that's a great question, uh, Susie. Because um, 
as you noted, I'm a grief and trauma relief specialist. And, and I chose to focus on uh, um, this area because in my own personal experience with trauma, I really struggled with uh, uh, finding support. And, and then I, I, I desperately needed to, uh, you know, for myself to get the kind of healing that I needed. And, you know, of course, you talked about, you know, awareness. Awareness is key to our healing. So um, I needed to find a way to be able to move myself forward and stop the suffering I was experiencing. So this led me on a quest to uh, seek out mentors and healers and to educate myself in order to uh, find solutions. After many years of research, I developed a proprietary holistic approach uh, to healing so that others didn't have to continue to suffer the way that I did. And that's why I developed the Stop Suffering Now system. It is my mission to help women who are ready to heal from physical, emotional, sexual, and catastrophic event trauma um, so that they can you know, leave the past behind and, uh, and find themselves in the moment and truly live their best lives going forward. So I have a lot of firsthand experience of trauma and I experienced a lot of uh, different forms of trauma, such as the, uh, the physical, sexual, and emotional uh, trauma. And when I was in my early 40s, um, I was diagnosed with complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And, uh, and because I, and, and, and you get this diagnosis because you're really you're, you're you're exposed to prolonged and repetitive trauma, and that all that trauma, the different kinds of trauma, happened for a good part of my life. So I held negative self-beliefs and and feelings of shame, and you know those feelings of guilt and and failure, um, you know, regarding, you know, all the different kinds of traumas I experienced. And I also felt shame in, and, um, and then I also felt frustrated because uh, especially when it came to relating to others, um, I felt nobody really heard me. And I also felt um, that they didn't understand me. So then I kind of, I kind of became socially withdrawn and I felt isolated and alienated. And, and then I struggled with those feelings of loneliness that you get as a result. So what I did not realize was that by suppressing all of these difficult emotions, um, whether it was the anger or the sadness or the grief or the frustration, it all led to physical stress on my body. And, and this is what happens when we don't process our emotions. And it's important for us to be able to take steps to deal with these emotions so that we can um, heal from our trauma. And what I didn't also realize was that I was compromising my own health and that led to you know, different chronic health conditions. So I experienced things like hypertension and depression, and I even had work addiction. And because uh, I'm somebody who used to work that more than 80 hours a week, even though I was only paid for a 40 hour a week. So I often called myself a workaholic. And, and, and that's where I, I never even realized it's actually a real mental condition, you know, mental health condition. So, and what I didn't realize that it was like any other kind of addiction. So work addiction is, you know, really about your inability to stop the behavior. I didn't stop working and I did it for decades. So now we all want to succeed in our jobs. But for me, the, that work-life balance got completely thrown out of whack. And, um, and so then I used to, you know, I used to work so much essentially to escape that emotional stress that I was feeling inside of me. 
And uh, so I didn't realize that it was actually associated my, to my past trauma. And other people, they make, you know, if they're a workaholic, um, this may also lead to compulsive need to achieve status mm-hmm. and success. So I suffered, you know, from also anxiety disorders as a result. And, and then all of these conditions I shared are mostly related to the chronic stress. You know, the, you know it's important that we, we recognize this. Uh, because there's a correlation between chronic stress and your past experiences with trauma. So Susie, there's, um, there's a study that was conducted in 2018 by the Sidron Institute. And, um, and they determined that one in 13 Americans develop post-traumatic stress disorder, which is quite a you know, sizable statistic. And the same institute also found that 70% of all adults in the U.S., will experience at least one traumatic event in their life. So there's a good likelihood that 70% of your audience has experienced one form of trauma. And, uh, and so it's going to be important that they, they learn how to address the stress and uh, address this trauma. So, you know, we, we all recognize trauma is devastating. And and this is why a lot of people, you know, they're not aware that, and this is that comes back to this awareness of the profound impact that trauma has on their health and well-being. So it doesn't matter whether you experience the trauma early on in your childhood. I mean, my first major traumatic experience was childhood sexual trauma at five, age five. And, uh, and so, and then you know, I just experienced a whole host of other different types of traumas. So it could be later on in life. So the, the truth is it can happen, you know, trauma can happen any time in your life, but it's important to, you know, the process it, to heal it because it can, it can impact your, your health and well-being. And, uh, um, you know, one of the things that it does is we tend to suppress our emotions. And mm-hmm. so we have this tendency to look outside of ourselves and try to figure out why we feel the way we do, you know, and, and, you know, so it's important to be curious and, and to take the time to look within, and then to simply notice your feelings, and then try to determine why you feel the way you do. So Susie, basically, to answer your question is exposure to trauma can have a long term effect on one's health and well being. And there's lots of studies about how trauma impacts not only your mind, but also your body. There was the Kaiser, the Kaiser Permanente study. And uh, this was done, oh gosh, in 1995. And actually it was a study on people who were obese and, and the importance of addressing stress as a result of the trauma. And, uh, and what that study did was um, it, it looked at screening over 17,000 people um, who struggled with obesity and asked them questions about their childhood experiences. And they found that the more experiences that you had, you know, these adverse childhood experiences, the more likely you were um, struggling with um, your health in the current time frame. So in other words, I'm an adult and my past childhood trauma, and I scored high on that ACEs. So I, it's no, it's no wonder I'm experiencing all these chronic health conditions. But once I became aware that it has such an impact, it makes a difference in terms of choosing to step on a healing journey. 
because you start realizing, wow, I didn't real, I didn't know that. I need, I need to do something about this. So that's, you know, for me, that's really an, an important aspect. So, yeah. Yeah, so true. And and thank you for bringing that up. I was so um, learning about that ACE study, adverse childhood um, events, was so impactful for me because it was such a list of health experiences that people tend to be reflecting in their adulthood. Um, issues with weight, cancer, even heart disease, diabetes. It's a, quite a shocking, almost laundry list of chronic diseases that they see more prevalent in, in people who have a high number of these um, adverse childhood events. And um, and this awareness, just as you're saying, as, as you were talking about your own experience and your own story, I think that might be kind of a, a light bulb for some people listening because some things that they would never think would be connected or see as a coping mechanism, throwing themselves into their work to try to maybe demonstrate their value or build their confidence, right? Like looking outside of themselves for emotional um, support or explanations to the way that they feel or, or just as you said, helping people be more present to how they feel because sometimes we get so disconnected so mm -hmm. that's so powerful and um and i think really illuminating to get perspective on just how broad the issues how far-reaching trauma can impact us mm -hmm. even if it started long in the past or if it's more recent and in whatever shape that trauma has had there's so many different ways that it it shows up in our state of being um, emotional, mental, physical well-being. And so in, in your work with your clients, who I think with your experience, they're so lucky to have your empathy in you know, walking this path and seeking your own route to recovery. Um, what are some ways that you support them in those situations? Well, um, you know, because I'm a grief and trauma relief specialist, um, I, you know, first I'm going to talk a little bit about grief. And, um, you know, so I, I think what you're asking is a great question because um, in how I begin to support people experience grief due to trauma is to listen to them. It is so critical because it is important for my clients to be heard. And we, we all want to be heard. And I feel it's important uh, to hold space and just simply listen to my client's loss and and also more importantly, is to validate their feelings. And uh, so I believe be, in being compassionate and empathetic, this is, this is where it comes into play. And, and, you know, and, and it's an important aspect of working with people is that they know that they're comforted, supported, you know, they know that they're being heard, you know, you're validating how they feel. So, um, I thought I'd share um, also what I learned when while working with my clients is that I also noticed that they they do have a tendency to confuse trauma with the grief that results from what happened. Ah. And in fact, many people don't realize that all grief is not does not have trauma, but all trauma has grief. Mm, very interesting. Part of that process of, well, the process of processing the trauma, I guess, yeah, forgive yeah. me, but <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. So this is, this is why I wanted to become the, a grief and trauma relief specialist, 
because it, it, it's also the one reason why I differentiate myself from other trauma experts, but it's important to look at that, that grief. It's that loss. And it, it, whether it's a human being, another person in your life, to maybe the loss of a job, a loss of your partner, you know, maybe it, uh, you've gone through a really traumatic divorce, you know, so trauma, you know, even though there's the medical definitions of trauma, there's a lot of aspects of what we go through life that is very traumatic. And um, so I feel for one to heal from trauma, they must also be able to grieve. And, and yes, we, we understand that trauma is devastating, as I shared earlier. Um, but you may not have a choice in, in the trauma, but you do have many choices um, when it comes to how you handle it how you experience it, and then how, how you live in the past, as many trauma survivors can sometimes be stuck in the past. And it, this all comes down to being able to shore up your personal foundation and, and when you're working on your healing process and understanding why are you stuck in the past. And so what we're talking about is those foundational things where when you're um, shoring up your foundation, it's, it's about operating from a place of strength. So it's a different way of working through your healing. And, and then you're armed with different tools, which I'll talk about when we get into these, uh, five, you know, these five steps to overcoming trauma. And, um, and these, uh, these tools will help you begin a real mindset shift. And again, when we talked earlier about this, the key to healing is awareness. So that's what, when you learn about how the trauma impacts, you know, the why and all these different aspects about trauma, um, there's no turning back. You, you start to get on that journey and you, you become curious and you want to learn more. And, and when we learn more, we grow exponentially. So, so even though grief can be traumatic, whether it's the result of you know, someone dying or you know, that loss that you've experienced, you want to um, know that it also changes your life. And uh, so I have experienced a lot of clients who, who talked about how they felt that they were missing out on some things in their life. And, and then this can lead to those feelings of loss. So this, so this is why it's important is just to explore all these different areas of what this trauma has done in, in your personal life. Because when you start doing that, you can stay, start taking your power back and start improving your health and well-being. You know, so, you know, so to me, that's really important to be able to do that. Mm, absolutely. And, and coming back to that place, and it can sometimes be a journey jet, <clears throat> just to get to the place where you begin to feel empowered. I agree. I think curiosity is such a great um, frame of mind to bring to it, to be curious. I think it kind of helps us to be a little bit more gentle with the process and the discovery as well. And so you mentioned you have five steps to move through trauma. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So I'll start talking, obviously, about the, the first step. And, um, and, you know, what I like to add is that, you know, when you have that conversation about grief, now you need to take those steps yeah. to help you overcome the trauma. So because there's, you know, there is that tie that, you know, that relates to those five steps to overcoming trauma. So the first thing I, um, I really like to talk about is remember your why. That's the first step. Because coping with um, a traumatic event is very difficult. And you're probably 
um, experiencing a wide range of emotions that, you know, could be like anger and frustration and sadness. And, and, and it is possible that you're not ready to address all of the sudden emotions that are coming up at you like a whirlwind, but yet you still need to find a way to move forward because there needs to be a next step for you. You still have to get out of bed, right? But during this devastating time, you may just be wanting to hide because it might be just too difficult for you to, to feel these feelings. But inside, somewhere deep inside, uh, you know that you can't stop avoiding these feelings forever. You just can't. And you might feel like you're floating outside of yourself, you know, outside of your body, and you know the world's floating around. You know, you're just floating around outside the world around you. And it's something that you used to be a part of and, and, and felt like you were a part of it, and, um, but you don't feel like it anymore. And so, so you may find it's, it's hard for you to see that now, but you know, I want people to understand that, that you can move forward and, and you won't stay in that place forever. You know, that's a really important point because you know, to answer your question, one in terms of the step, this first step is one way that you can be able to move forward is to change the why questions that you're um, asking yourself. And uh, so right now, um, you are likely asking yourself a series of why questions that by design um, are going to keep you in a stuck place in a miserable place, like I shared before. And, uh, and these could be why questions like, why did this happen to me? And why can't I feel better? And why is this so painful? And why is it taking me so long to feel better? So instead, I'd like you to um, think more about the, your bigger why, your purpose, and uh, your reason that you're here on this earth. And, and at this time, because you're definitely here for a reason, and you're incredibly and uniquely important, and everything and everybody in the world, you know, you're important to all those people. And uh, because with your every action affects a myriad of other people, places and things, as your actions have that ripple effect um, that goes out into the universe. So, and that's why it's so important to, um, for you to understand your why, your purpose is uniquely yours. And uh, thinking about this and identifying your bigger why will help motivate and inspire you to take that next step that must be taken. Mm, yes, I love that. It really, the once you change and reframe questions, it's such a powerful shift to mm -hmm. get the ball rolling. I'd love to know a little bit more. So as you've got that perspective and you're reconnecting to your why, you mentioned the next step. Yeah, um, and I probably should share a little bit about a tool that I use um, that helps empower somebody Marvelous. in the world here. So, you know, it's, it can be quite empowering. And uh, when we do that, we ask the why questions and we gain so much information that helps us shift and have that different perspective that you were talking about. And we're, we're being able to somehow be guided through this difficult time. So I truly believe that. And I feel that there's that special connection that we have that's within us and and it's the way we are connected to you know our higher power or whatever whoever it is that you know who that is for you and it's recognizing we are connecting to something greater than ourselves and 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 knowing that it's guiding us and so when once we recognize it it's all about 
life itself and our ability to step into our purpose and no matter what and or you know what you're experiencing or where you are in your life or the difficulty that you experience you now have a choice to do your best move forward and then take that next step so then we can get into that step two here which is doing the bare minimum and uh and that's one of the um, biggest things I support w- women in my coaching practice with because it's really hard to take that next big step. So what I suggest to clients is to focus on just the bare minimum so that they don't get overwhelmed. So that's really important. And uh, so let's say they um, let's say they don't have children and and maybe you can stay in bed and not shower and and let a few days go by, right? But when when you are a mom and that's going to be different and because there's going to be a bare minimum that needs to be done, not just for yourself, but for your children too. And um, they need to be loved and fed and clothed and educated. But even in that situation, it's, um, it's okay for your sister maybe to come over um, and drop off some food, right? Um, or a neighbor to pick up the kids from school or for a few days, or you can order pizza every day for a week um, if you need to. It's just um, just stick to the bare minimum. And how you get what you need to get done doesn't really matter, but you do need to do the bare minimum and you do need to eat. And of course you do need to sleep and your children need to eat and they too need to sleep. So my suggestion is to do just the bare minimum in your own life. And that may at some point in the beginning may mean that you're doing very little. Maybe you get out of bed, brush your teeth and, you know, get, you know, put in some nutrition in your body. And, and even if you go back to bed right after, and if you need to take a few days off of work, just go ahead and do that. It's important to understand that this is really only a transition period. Um, that's going on in your life. So you're not going to stay at that bare minimum stage forever. And even though it may feel like it right now, you know, that it's, you know, kind of heavy. Remember that soon enough, you'll be able to, you know, step out in the world and do much more. And, um, and right now, it's just important for you to put one foot in front of the other. So the bare minimum is going to help you be able to do that. And then to give yourself that break and really take take a stand for yourself and refuse and and actually um, refuse to any, do anything extra that takes away from takes away any of that energy that uh, that you have so you can focus on yourself. And sometimes it's about accepting help from others. And if they don't offer, do ask for the help. And 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 then and as soon as you accomplish these small steps that are necessary in the now, then you'll be able to begin to see that you can actually find a way through from where you are at right now. And uh, that's all you need to do is decide to do that. And then you'll find others to help you and take care of it, but not just delegate and let go of the things that you need to do until you're ready to do more. So that's, that's an important aspect of this step. Mm, Absolutely. I think that's, so important and a place where uh, people find it really hard to give themselves that grace. So thank you for that. And I love that you talk about asking for the help that you need, finding that way to, you know, 
taking people up when they offer it, but even beyond that, you know, being the person to make the ask is so important. It's something we need to learn how to do for ourselves. Um, and definitely something that people really struggle with, you mm -hmm. know, asking for help, letting it be known that we can't do everything for ourselves. Um, and also just permission to do the bare minimum, mm -hmm. right? Again, in that space of grace, recognizing that, you know, if we get the basics done and we've gotten ourselves through another day, some days that's the goal that we get to, that we get to aim for and, and congratulate ourselves on. Um, mm -hmm. But even that, I know for some people, there are days when even just reaching that bare minimum feels kind of out of their grasp. Um, mm -hmm. When it's hard even to get those basics done, is there is there something that uh, that you can offer as encouragement or support to people who are, are coming from that even lowest rung? Sure, absolutely. And uh, I can share a strategy that I really love and uh, because it's so simple and yet so effective. But sometimes it's really just about taking the little uh, tips, you know, get, you know, you know, learning about those little tips and tricks that will help you get to your solution. So one strategy that will help in putting you and uh, putting one foot in front of the other is to focus on each individual step of whatever it is you need to do. And uh, that will keep you, your mind on that process. So for example, let's say that you need to get lunches out um, packed for your kids. And you can take a deep breath and then talk to yourself as you move through the process. So in your head, you're saying, I'm walking to the kitchen. So I'm walking to the kitchen, I'm opening that refrigerator door and I'm taking out the bread, I'm taking out the turkey and I'm making a sandwich. And so you kind of get the idea. And then when you focus on the steps in the process, you're actually taking action. And notice I use the words, I am, and that I'm going to. And that will always uh, really help keep you in the now and it keeps you in action, which I often call inspired action steps and moving forward. And then uh, when you're concentrating on, on just the bare minimum and using the process strategy I just shared, you can take these steps that will keep you moving forward and keep you participating in your life. And uh, because if you do need to eat and you do need to sleep and you do need the proper hygiene, and if you have kids, you're gonna need to take care of them. And then maybe you also need to work, right? So, you know, this process strategy can, you know, to, by breaking down what you need to do into smaller action steps, and you know, now you get to know that you are doing the best you can in the moment. You know, and it's an important point to know that you are. And, uh, and that's where you don't wanna judge yourself or be your own worst critic, so yeah. Oh, I really love that. I think that's really helpful, I hope, um, to mm -hmm. shorten those steps. Instead of aiming for the goal, I've gotta get three lunches packed and the clock is ticking, to bring it down to one step at a time and stop break ourselves out of that overwhelm cycle that's so helpful to you know almost even <laughs> turn i don't want to say moving meditation but really being present in every action instead of trying to get ourselves to this final picture really really helpful and i'd like to um explore that a little bit more being you know doing the best that we can in that moment whatever that moment is um mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, when we don't, when we don't say, I am getting out the bread, I am getting the mustard, um, 
there's other voices, you know, there's almost a committee <laughs> that can be, that can be voicing, you know, in the background, why it's, you know, hard to get even this much done. And so um, what do you, what's your experience in how that inner critic can show up or be holding people back? Um, how can that be an impact in making it through these sometimes simplest steps? Yeah, when, when um, we tend to be our worst critic, you know, then um, we, we struggle with our healing. And um, I know that um, we were talking earlier about energy and how it flows and where we place our attention. And um, that's something that I, I recall Tony Robbins used to always talk about. And, um, and so, it, you know, he's one of those self-help gurus, you know, and, um, and this is also how we get to what we really want out of our life. And, you know, so we have to have that clear goal. For example, my goal before I started um, my healing journey was that I wanted to heal from trauma. And then I focused all of my energy working through my five steps to overcome the trauma. And then amazing things happened afterwards. So, you know, it's, you just don't, you don't know. And I, I, you know, I wanted to um, talk about the, um, you know, when, you, when you're talking about that worst critic, I want to um, address that just a little bit more uh, when I talk about it in my, my third step to overcoming trauma, but uh, which is about uh, giving yourself grace. And you spoke about grace earlier, so I love that you did that. Um, but what I like to share now is that our minds can play tricks on us and, and they can put up obstacles in our, and get in our way. And one of the things you could do now to stop the suffering is to learn strategies that can help you overcome the obstacles um, that your mind puts in front of you. And this way you can use your mind to help you instead of hurt you. So for example, you can change the way you think of yourself uh, because of your trauma that negative self-talk and negative feelings, you know, that we were talking about earlier, that, that can make you question whether you have what it takes to reach your life's goals and desires. And as a trauma survivors, um, we often see ourselves as not good enough and, and then, uh, you know, not capable and we lack that confidence. And, you know, and then, you know, sometimes, you know, I always like to ask my clients, does not, I'm not feeling, you know, I'm not feeling good enough, sound familiar to them. And they often say yes. And, and so we, we are often ashamed of our past and, and that makes us feel not good enough. And the truth is the trauma wasn't our fault. It's just what happened, you know? So it's, so we can overcome this obstacle and, and change the way we feel and behave by changing the way we think. So it's, you know, it's really kind of an important aspect about that. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I just thought I'd share that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's so important to recognize in, in a lot of different capacities, we can come further than we used to believe was possible, just in terms of psychology, the way that our brain works to change the way that we think about ourselves and feel, um, you know, it, it is something that as working through the process, it becomes easier. You know, and, and recognizing, first of all, that that voice of that inner critic and then recognizing that we can move past it, those limitations that we feel, you mm -hmm. know, and what we're able to do or create or be. And, and certainly um, 
recognizing that that's such an important aspect of healing from the trauma where those that guilt or self-blame or shame that holds mm -hmm. us back you know and and takes on the voice of this inner critic so thank you i think that's so oh, sure. helpful absolutely you know and I, you know i just thought i kind of add is when um when i when i've had that inner critic come up i'm like you know that the, there's something we become aware of it you know we we notice it you know that's that's why you want to be curious like ah there's that inner critic again oh and you're just naming it you know oh that that shame critics playing games with me again you know and I'm like um, you know, so I'll try to reverse the conversation with myself. I'll talk to my inner child, my inner self, and, you know, have a different kind of conversation and remind myself, I don't need to be ashamed of what happened. It was not my fault. You know, so it's like, you, you can really stop it in its tracks, you know, but sometimes we don't think about that. We're like, oh, we're so quick to, you know, just to judge ourselves. So it's, you know, there, you know, there's so many strategies and tools to help you, um, you know, shift that perspective of thinking. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that, um, you know, I'm a fan of tools in the toolkit as well, um, just as you are. And so I think that's such a, a really powerful perspective to bring to it that um, curiosity and and as you were just saying um, grace find giving ourselves grace finding ways to do that um, especially in this process of healing and recovering mm -hmm. from trauma um, are there yeah. other tools there oh sure you know first i'll talk a little bit more about grace and then Beautiful. you know share a tool here um, so it's a, it's you know it's really an important time and this is my third step in the process is uh, to give yourself grace so everybody copes with trauma in their own way and in differing time frames. So trauma affects everyone differently, whether you're, it's your health or your sleep, your focus or your energy levels or your weight, you know, there's all sorts of areas it, it, it impacts. So since everyone copes and is affected by trauma differently, it's important to give yourself grace and be kind to yourself because handling trauma is tough enough for everybody. And even though it may not be, you may not be handling that trauma the way you, you, you want to handle it or the way you think you should handle it, just be gentle with yourself and, and just do the best that you can because right now your best is not just good enough, your best is actually great. And uh, so try not to dwell on how other people think you're doing that certainly doesn't matter. And, um, and if you're worried about disappointing others, you'll be adding more things to your plate. And I want you to remember that right now, you're just doing the bare minimum, right? And even when others are trying to be helpful, you may find that um, that's, it's upsetting you. And sometimes well-meaning people will tell you they, they want the best for you, but they may not know how to express themselves in the way you need to hear it. So you might be so out of touch with your own feelings that maybe you don't even know and uh, you know the way that you need to hear it. So don't worry about this right now. Just allow yourself to process and experience your feelings. And remember, you're human and this is your unique process. So of course, your trauma also affects other people in your life. And this could be your partner or your kids, or your other family members, you know, possibly your friends and coworkers. And because each person 
um, reacts and deals with trauma differently. This will too make it a, a very complicated dynamic. So I'd like to remind survivors that as you give yourself grace in how you deal with um, the fallout, please try to give others around you as well that grace because they too need to process it and, and, and process, process how it affected them. So, you know, it's, it's really important that, uh, that, you know, we give ourselves the grace because, you know, when I, um, and I, I do have a, a tool that I, I love to share with you that I use at my clients uh, for times when they're being hard on themselves and judging themselves. So when we were talking about that inner critic, this is, this is where I was going to um, share about this. So when they're being hard on themselves and judging themselves, um, or, or let's let's say they're not they're feeling that they're um, they're not moving through their process well enough or even fast enough because we we tend to judge ourselves even with that even in our own healing journey. So to help shift your thoughts, I'd suggest an exercise on reframing, and choose a negative thought that uh, that you have about processing your trauma. So for example, um, um, let's say that you feel like you're taking too long to move forward. And, um, and instead of beating yourself up, you can choose to treat yourself with grace and reframe your thinking. So you may try saying, healing is deep work and I am in the middle of the process. I love myself enough to take some time to journal uh, some different negative you know, thoughts. You know, I love myself to allow the healing to take place in its own way. So there's all sorts of different ways you can have that conversation and use tools like journaling to help you. Uh, so when, you, when you're journaling, you're, what you're doing is you're actually getting those negative thoughts um, out of your head and you're putting them on paper. And, and then you can reframe those negative uh, thoughts into a positive, more loving affirmation. And that way you'll have the words you need in the moment that you need them to give yourself grace. So when those little, I call them minions, like to, you know, chatter in your head about, you know, something that's not good enough about yourself, I got an affirmation that I can pull out and, and, and present that to my little minion. <laughs> so... <laughs> I love that. That's such a, such a great, uh, great recommendation and way to be building those muscles of grace, right? Because especially mm -hmm. if it's something that we haven't done for ourselves much, or even as you said, for the people around us who are trying to help, but don't know how, or, you know, don't know how to relate with us at the levels at which we need that. That's so helpful to start coming to that place and, and just to practice. I'm a huge fan of journaling as well. I think it's amazing mm -hmm. what we can kind of discharge and work out through the pen. So I love that. Mm, thank you. Yeah. So yeah. Um, now I'd love to, you know, one thing about grace is I love to talk about that next step, which would be about giving yourself space. I like it. <laughs> so yes, tell yeah. us more. So that's, that's my fourth step in my uh, overcoming trauma, because I believe it's essential to, um, uh, to process that, um, you know, that you want to give yourself space, because after experiencing trauma, uh, we tend to act from a place of fear, and it's designed to protect us and help us survive and then our body's hormones almost always jump into overdrive as we react with our fight or flight instinct. 
and that causes that traumatic stress. You know, it's just everything starts bubbling up in you, and it affects all areas of your well-being. So after a traumatic event, the chemistry in your brain and your body takes on a, a different posture. And, and this explains why you may begin to feel more tightness or soreness in your body. Um, it's essential that you find a way to calm and soothe yourself to counteract that natural um, brain and body reaction to the trauma. And often people, you know, my clients will ask me, well, how? And that's really about giving yourself space. Time and space are things that so many of us have so very little of. So first, I want you to focus on creating a physical space for yourself. Ensure the space is calming and comforting. And, and you may be looking at your home and, and thinking, where? You know, and, and you may see your kids' all, toys all over the place, you know, especially when they've been you know, at home you know, during the COVID. You know, it's like everybody's home. And, uh, and then maybe you bring your work home. You know, you know, now that we're back at work, you're bringing it home. And, and you, now all of a sudden, you have all these piles of paperwork everywhere. So you can find this physical space that you need because it doesn't have to be an entire room. Is there a comfy chair someplace? Uh, maybe you can drag, a, um, drag that chair into the corner of your bedroom. And then next, I want you to focus on another type of space, which is time space, and um, which is where you open up times in your day that are just for you your healing process. And ideally you would like uh, to take time that you need in the moment that you need it. And, uh, and using how you feel as your guide, you know, it's an important aspect. Notice how you feel. And if you need to take time for yourself, then do it. However, um, if you know that you're the type of person um, that will have days go by without taking the time that you need, or if you have a lifestyle that is very busy then I suggest that you put time on your calendar um, just, just for you because you'll more likely honor it, you know, honor that time just as you would honor your doctor's appointment. And, uh, and you can just, you can also con combine that physical space concept with the time concept and by making the, the, that time and creating a ritual for yourself. So it's, you know, that, that is something that you can do. So for example, you can, you know, take your own time in that comfy chair um, in your bedroom corner and begin to find ways to signal your, um, your brain that, and your body that it's time to relax and calm down. So you can keep a favorite blanket by the chair. Um, you might even consider a weighted blanket that, can, uh, that you can um, put on top of you for some comfort. And some, pe some people turn to soothing music or uh, dim the lights. And you may even decide that uh, a bathtub is your safe space and, and light some candles and, and, you know, soak for a half hour after the kids are asleep. Or maybe your, um, your space is nature. Maybe you need to take that walk or, or a long hike. It's great that you make your space personal to you. So it's really important to do that. And what I want you to, what, what I want people to come out of uh, this knowing is that you can find the physical and the time space that you need and that works for you. So I encourage you to do that for yourself because giving yourself space and um, will also help you heal. And eventually you'll be able to begin to start looking within and then exploring your feelings and be ready to move forward. 
So remember that self-awareness is key to creating a healthy and balanced life, but you need space to be able to do that. Exactly. Oh, that's such a beautiful reminder. Thank you so much. I'm a big fan and advocate of, I call it self-first scheduling, because if we don't put ourselves on our own calendar, everything else is going to keep bumping us right off of our own list. And so that's such a great reminder. And the physical space too, um, carving out a space, even if it is a corner of the bedroom. I really love those tips in terms mm -hmm. of time and physical space. Those are so helpful. Kind of giving yourself a little sanctuary to come mm -hmm. home to. And yeah. then, then what can we do for ourselves from there? Well, the final step in, in the, um, um, the five steps to overcoming trauma is plan to succeed. So, you know, now that you're creating that sanctuary and, and I believe that it's essential to do this and, and you know, I, I cover this in my book series, Creating Heaven Wherever I Am, it's based on this concept. So, um, you know, we, what, when we identify your why and then we move through that bare minimum and then we give, uh, give yourself the grace and the space you need, you'll come to a, a moment when you're ready to begin to think about the future. And a lot of healing is taking place when you are in the moment and focusing on your present actions. But when you are ready, looking ahead will help build your resiliency. And it gives you hope and which will fuel your desire uh, to move forward. And planning will help you envision your future and the possibilities for it. And at first, this may feel a little bit difficult. And you may be, you may believe that planning for your future is, um, will symbolize something about the, um, the past and what had happened. Or you may be reminded too much of the traumatic event, but making plans doesn't change what happened or your feelings about it. Planning will, however, make you feel more in control about this difficult time. You will see that you can take back control during this difficult time. And you will see that you can, you can um, you know, take that control back despite whatever happened in your past. So making future plans also provides you um, that rough roadmap uh, for what may be a challenging journey ahead. However, it's empowering to have a plan in place to consider your next steps. And I know that you're suffering now, but it is important to understand that you are alive and you are coping and that you haven't been defeated by despair and that it can bring you hope. So it's, you know, it's important that, you know, it's a plan for your, your success in the future. Thank you. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, we do need to come back to hope to restore that, to bring that picture back. So mm -hmm. I love that the way that you frame that part of the process to come back to a vision of something that we can look forward to. Um, I'd love to hear if you have one of your brilliant tips to help us move to that stage. Sometimes even that, you know, that picture of hope can be a little tricky. How can we start to begin to make these plans for our future? Well, um, one of the things I often do is I write it down. You know, I like to, I like to kind of envision myself something. You know, one of the things I also done was create like a visioning board. And I just kind of snipped out all these things I like to see about my future. I would print out pictures I maybe saw online or if I had a whole stack of magazines and, you know, I just kind of paste them on a board. And, and what was interesting was 
once I was done with that little exercise and left it available for me to look at, before long, I started seeing that I was achieving all of those different areas. So, and even when you're writing it down and you're writing a list of what your goals are, you know, keep it small at first, you know, keep it simple. You know, it's very important to start with little steps. You know, I, I, I call, you know, baby steps, you know, so it's okay to do that. You know, just do what you're capable of doing now. And then in time, you'll be able to do more. You know, you'll find, you know, that you have that skill set to, you know, to add another task. I've achieved this. Now I'm ready for this next step. And, um, and then you'll find you're in a different, different time and space with everything in life, how you feel, You've, your feelings shift and you start opening up to, you know, brighter and happier and, you know, these, all these wonderful possibilities that you have ahead of you. And, um, you know, the, I don't know, I, I, I found that as I explored more about myself, I really wanted to learn more. And, you know, life is a ever learning journey, you know, so we're always out there pursuing something that makes us create the next best version of ourselves. So, yeah. <laughs> mm, beautiful coming back to that curiosity curiosity mm -hmm. and 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 just as building that muscle to give ourselves grace building that muscle to start picturing a, a future that um that is magnetic right that is perhaps bigger than we could have mm -hmm. before when we're earlier on in our recovery journey thank you that's beautiful mm -hmm. and you um also i want to make sure people know how to connect with you and you make some amazing resources available so please um share a little bit with how our audience can continue to to learn more or look into working with you oh sure for those who are curious um with working with me um and uh i thought I'd, i support people in my one-on-one -on -one coaching and I, and I also um, have my Stop Suffering Now group program. And, you know, and you can uh, schedule a call. You know, I set up a page where you can um, sign up for a 30-minute grief and trauma relief call. That's part of this gift that I'm um, going to share, this link that will be on your page. Mm -hmm. and, and then you can share, you know, um, a... It also includes a core belief guided visualization uh, tool that I create, created. Um, so it's a, um, a guided visualization to help you um, shift your core beliefs. And this is something you know my clients you know love it. Um, and and then you can also schedule that call to um, ask questions about my services. We can work through one of your major challenges. And, um, you know, so, there, you know, you may have some kind of a difficult emotion that you're dealing with, and we'll work through that. And, you know, so I can help you um, find some happiness and joy. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, so I'm hoping that people um, would take advantage of that. And, you know, I, I also have a, um, that Bridge to Healing community where I offer a lot of um, free resources that's on Facebook. And, um, and then I also have my webinar um, and, and I do this webinar live. It, it's and actually, I, um, I call it a masterclass and it's the three-step process to stop suffering from the devastating effects of grief and trauma and make peace with your past. So it's something that I, I do share with people. I got um, another um, 
um, version of it coming up on uh, in July. So they'll be able to um, sign up for um, July uh, 20th, 21st and 22nd. And um, yeah, so there's there's many ways to connect with me. And then, then if, um, uh, you know, one easy way to connect with me too is just go to griefandtraumarelief.com forward slash now and uh, and then you can sign up for a, i can give you a workbook that will help you begin your process and then you can also sign up for a call uh, with me so there's there's multiple ways to connect with me uh, I, I think what we do is all about connection what you do is all about connection and you know that's how we help bring awareness to you know what we can do to help ourselves and and support each other so Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. And I'm so I'm so grateful to be able to share with people too these points of connection and ways to um, look a little deeper, look into how um, they can start to move forward on their journey. So we'll have that link to your website there with the opportunity to book a call with you, but also get that core belief meditation, which mm -hmm. is so powerful because they really do shape our outlook and what we believe we're capable of. And so what a powerful little tool for the toolkit also, and um, the workbook and also your ongoing master classes, because just as you said, these opportunities to, you know, look at how we can stop suffering, to get perspective mm -hmm. on, you know, how to begin the process and to get to continue the conversation with you. So we'll have mm -hmm. that link so people can know what dates are current for them whenever they pick up this episode and listen in. And um, mm -hmm. you'll want to be connected with Janine also to know about her upcoming summits and other events online. There's always so much. And I absolutely agree. Connection is fundamental and um, joining together in community seeing and cheering on other people who are in different stages of their journey and receiving that kind of support is just so powerful. So thank you for creating awesome. these spaces and opportunities for connection. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, it's my pleasure. It's always a joy to connect with you and see what is new. And I thank you for sharing these really actionable steps that people can start taking a look, you know, start giving themselves grace connecting mm -hmm. with their purpose, their higher purpose, and, um, and moving forward. So thank you for all of this. It's such a treat. It's great to well, connect you. with you again. Thank you. Until next time, have a great day. Take good care of yourself. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. Subscribe on your favorite player to catch the next episode as soon as it's out. Sharing really is caring, so please rate and review the show while you're there. And if you know someone else who would love it, please pass it along. Until next time, my friends, keep on shining.